This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. I know you guys are probably so sick and tired of hearing that intro, and you're probably thinking like, what the fuck's going on? Well, let me tell you, I messed up so bad um, recording the podcast. I listened to it today when I was at work, and I hated just the... The sound quality, um, the edit was bad. I, I think I mentioned on the podcast uh, that was uploaded yesterday, last night, whatever, that I, I messed up on the editing. I tried to record something because the phone rang, whatever. No excuses. I listened to it today at work and I was like, you know what? I just don't like the way it sounds. I, I truly don't. I didn't like it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have to redo it. As much as I don't want to redo it. So I took it down. So... It, if you listen to the podcast already, if you're a loyal listener and you listen right when it drops, then you probably can skip this one. Um, these are for the people that probably saw the notification, maybe didn't get around to listening to it. I have since deleted that podcast and I'm re-uploading this one. I'm recording this now on Wednesday night. We're going to go over the same topics. We're going to recap UFC 239. Uh, I believe on the podcast I uploaded, I, I blindly picked the contender series. Uh, instead of doing that, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go over, uh, what it was. It was action packed night in the contender series. So we'll do all that stuff, but, uh, yeah. So sorry if it's a little confusing, if you get all these podcasts coming at you, um, uh, and there's gonna be another one this week, but like I said, I just, I, I think what separates me, cause I'm, I'm doing this out of a room in my house and, and I'm not getting paid to do it. And, um, and I'm trying my best here, but I do really care about the sound quality and, and the way these things come out. And if they come out like they sounded today, and I know my, you might be sitting there thinking like, well, I didn't hear anything different. I, you know, that that's fine, but I did. It really bothered me. And I, I was at work and I, I had a couple hours before I came home. I'm like, I need to just come home and take that thing off. I need to get on my computer and delete it because I don't want anybody listening to it because I think the podcast went well. The edit was bad. And then the, uh, and, and then the whole fucking... Uh, Sound was off to me, at least, you know, my levels, my levels, you know, producer stuff levels weren't great. So we're re-recording, we're redoing it. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to do it. Hold on here. I just did something. There we go. All right. So yeah. So it's kind of weird because, you know, I usually do my, my intro. What I talk about is usually pretty organic. So this would be the third time I've done the intro. I lost the first one because I record I recorded over myself, which was a dumb rookie mistake. And then the last one, I just kind of threw one together because I'm like, I'm not gonna do like I'm not you know I'm not an actor. I don't I'm one take. I'm not gonna keep saying the same things over and over again because a lot of it's just me talking from my hip. So don't worry, we will get through a, a full two uh, two thirty nine recap, and then um, and then we'll go and we'll go from some other, some other topics as well. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we have no plan here. We'll just, we'll just, we, you know, we're doing what we do. But the big thing today, first off, I'm really gassy. I know you're not supposed to say that on air or whatever like that. I, I went out to dinner with my parents last night and we went to this like little bar or whatever. And, you know, I'm a Cincinnati man, so I love Cincinnati chili, right? Um, but they have, at the bar we went to, it's like a restaurant, really good little bar, restaurant place, whatever. They have like Texas style chili, which is just like a little cup. Kind of spicy. It's it, you know, it's really the only one I really like, um, Texas style wise. And I had, a, I had myself a cup last night, and uh, it's coming up today. You know, I got some uh, little heartburn, little burping, little uh, little everything. So 
it, you know, I've burped in the mic before. I, I haven't been ashamed of it. So if I do it again, then uh, I apologize. Uh, but, you know, when you eat a bowl of, or not a bowl, my, my father had a bowl. I had a cup. We need a cup of chili. You know, Texas chili when you're not used to, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to get it. You're going to get some stuff. So, um, today though, you know, work was hot. It's hot in Cincinnati. Um, it it was, it was an okay day. Um, you know, it is what it is. People, people, not the people I work with, the group I work with are great, but, um, you know, some of the, uh, upper management, some of the supervisors, whatever, you know, I don't know how how much I've talked to you about this, but they're just fucking just, they're just, they're not my cup of tea. Uh, they're trying to change shit and, and it's just, you know, a lot of the old dogs, you know, aren't buying it. So then they don't, they're afraid to talk to them. So then like the guys who are in the middle of the pack or even like the lower, uh, seniority guys are catching all the shit because these old guys do whatever they want. And no, no problem with the old guys. I mean, the older guys have been there 20, 30 years, whatever. They've earned to do whatever they want. If, if these supervisors aren't going to say something to them, then fuck it. Let them do what they want. But it kind of falls on us. And then I get, a, you know, I get, you know, I just, I don't, I don't think I'm confrontational. But then, uh, then again, I think I am because like, I don't shy away from it, especially at work. And it's just a whole fucking thing. But anyway, once I got off work, the wife and I and the little baby, well, it's not a baby anymore, guys. She's two years old. Turned Jew and, uh, Jew. Excuse me. She turned two on uh, June 14th. So uh, today the wife and I went to Ikea. Lovely establishment. We've been there. I feel like 10 times over the past two weeks. I I know I'm exaggerating, but we went out there. There was a a little uh, bed that, you know, starts small and then extends to, you know, it's it's her big girl bed. Essentially is what we're calling it. So um, I don't know if she'll sleep in that tonight because we still got to put it together. But uh this might be the last night our, our little baby, my little my little firstborn is going to be in a crib. So she might be switching to a uh, a big girl bed tomorrow, which is, that's big news. That's big stuff. You know, I've been pretty emotional as a dad. Um, you know, I've changed since a dad. You know, I've developed anxiety and I've developed a little bit of panic and obviously worry and all these things I never had as a, as a young man. Even with a husband, I, you know, I mean, of course I cared about my wife and, and her well-being, but um, none of these things popped in my head. Now that I'm a dad, I'm super soft, like super soft, but you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm actually proud. I'm, I'm actually proud that she's getting her big girl bed and she's growing up and stuff. She's going to be a, an amazing young lady and, and an incredible little lady. Um, and then growing up to a, a beautiful, uh, smart, intelligent woman. So, uh, I'm looking forward to that, but you know, obviously you missed the, you missed, I mean, she's still cute and little, I mean, she's only two. It's not like she's fucking 10, but, um, yeah, you always, you know, it's, it, you know, you get those little baby things. I know this is probably not the greatest talk for MMA, uh, an MMA podcast, but this is just what's on my mind. Sorry, boys. If you're a father, you know what I'm talking about. It changes it. It really does. And, uh, you know, my, my wife and I were talking about it a little bit and it's, it's a little bothersome. It's a little worrisome, not worrisome. Excuse me. It's a little sad that she's, you know, not this little baby anymore. And she's a walking, talking, fucking, uh, little funny little thing now. But, um, yeah, that's the, that's just the way it is. I'm I'm super happy that she's gonna get a uh, get her bed and and we'll see how she does because she's she is, I mean when it's nighttime it's nighttime but she's a fucking climber. So my thing is is she's gonna crawl right out of that bed and I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night. And she's gonna be out in the living room on her iPad or watching fucking Toy Story for the fiftieth time or whatever. That's my biggest fear, but uh, we'll see how it goes. And then it was funny because we went to IKEA and and I'm thinking you know, I got a little my car's not big it's it's a Kia Soul I think I've mentioned that before. It can carry okay amounts or whatever. So we had to buy a mattress in, in a bed frame from Ikea. Obviously, it all comes in boxes and shit. And um, 
for whatever reason you couldn't pull it from the warehouse, you had to wait for them to pull it for you. For I don't know why that was that case. So they go and get it. We wait a little bit and then we get it and then we come up to the car and, and the wife's putting the baby in the car and I'm like, I don't think this is going to fit. There's no way I'm trying every which way I'm trying to, it's too wide. I did not imagine a little twin size bed frame that is, you know, up on the floor. It's like this cute little, small little bed that extends bigger. I'm like, what is going on? And my wife's like, well, let's just take it out of the box. And I said, nah, we're going to tie it down. So we, we tied it down. We used the little string they had there and, and it's about maybe like a 30 minute drive from Ikea to my house. A lot of highways, a lot of bumps, a lot of turns, um, I, I, you know, I'm usually pretty aggressive on the highway. I don't, I don't speed, but I'm usually getting pretty pissed at people that are going slow. Uh, I was the guy going slow today. A lot of people rode my ass and they flew around me and I'm like, what's this guy doing? I mean, I was in the slow lane and, uh, I didn't have my hazards or anything, but you know, like we tied it down, but this is the first or second time we've ever tied anything down. No bungee cords, just with that, that yarn or whatever the fuck they give you. Um, so I had my wife and I both had our hand out the window, just holding on to it. Just to make sure it didn't fly off because, that could have been ugly. Oh, man. But, yeah, the last little thing before we get to 239. Again, I just shoot from the hip here. This is something I actually want to talk about. Uh, I forgot to talk about on the, the the 10th time I've recorded this goddamn podcast. Um, there was a guy I went to high school with, right? And I actually probably went to middle school with him um, is when I first probably met him. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't say a friend of mine, but wouldn't, not a guy I dislike by any means, weren't like close or anything, but acquaintances or whatever. Um, he has messaged me at least three times. He, I don't think he lives in Cincinnati anymore. I haven't seen him in years. Your podcast stinks without me. Let me get on the podcast. Then it will be great. I mean, like something along those lines, at least three different times. I've ignored it. You know, I was just like, huh, you know, whatever. And then I'm like, well, wait a second. Like, what is the, what the fuck's this guy talking about? Right. So I'm assuming he listens. I don't really, I don't like Facebook that much. I don't share links to Facebook all that often. I have a problem really pushing like, of like people that, you know, I went to, you know, I'm I'm Facebook friends with really pushing like whatever I'm doing. There's a lot of girls and even dudes. I'm going to, I'm not going to sing out women, but there's a lot of people like selling some shit on Facebook, like. Try this Nutrisystem. It's like all pyramid skis on Facebook. So I don't want to shove my shit. I will every once in a while, but not often. So maybe he caught wind from that. Maybe he follows me on Instagram or Twitter. I, I, I'm not really sure. But I get these messages on Facebook from him. And, and, I, and I thought they were cute or whatever because the guy's, I mean, he's kind of weird. I mean, we're, we're going to call a spade a spade, right? He's, he's kind of fucking weird. Always has been. Um, I think he's getting a little weirder now. Uh, some of his Facebook posts... Uh, if you can read it, if you can make it out, because I don't think this guy's ever heard of a punctuation mark at all. It's just one big run on sentence and it's, it's pretty jumbled together, but he's got a lot of things going on, right? Personally and, and with his family life. And, um, um, so I don't want to bag on him too much, but when you come at me, I'm going to address it. Right? So this guy, it had a, had a nickname in high school that wasn't very flattering. Um, and just is is a weird dude. So he's insinuating and basically not insinuating. That's the wrong word. He is stating that my podcast stinks without him. So either my podcast stinks because of me or he thinks it's going to make it better. I don't know. I will say this. There's probably 0.00001% chance I'll ever have that guy on the podcast. Um, I don't care how many messages he sends me. He wrestled in high school. He's a semi MMA fan. I think I've seen him, you know, Facebook 
uh, Facebook message or status, whatever the fuck they're called. I think I've seen him do it every once in a while for like the bigger fights. But uh, and he th- he's one of those guys that thinks he knows everything, right? But he doesn't know shit, uh, at least when it comes to MMA. So I don't really know. I think since he kind of grew up with the wrestling thing, and I have actually a funny story about that um, too. He's never going to be on the podcast, right? It's just never going to happen. If he's listening to this, he probably knows who he is, or he might be too stupid to know this is what he's talking about. Again, I'm not going to say the guy's name. I'm not going to rat him out or anything like that. I have nothing against the guy, but it's like, hey, hey, pal, ease up on the messages, okay? You know? Don't want to hear it, okay? Um, funny story about this guy though is so when I was uh, in middle school, I, um, I, I, you know, I got a lot of fights when I was a kid. You know, I was, uh, you know, a bigger, tough kid. I mean, I wouldn't say I was a bully, but maybe if I look back, maybe there were some times I maybe bullied some people. Typically, when I got to high school, I fought the guys who thought they were tough. If you thought you were tough, I want to fight you. And nine out of ten times we'd fight, and if I, and I know you might be like, oh, of course he's going to say this. Nine out of ten times I won. Um, in a street fight, I think, you know, I've been in, 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 in quite a few, uh, and, I, and I hate talking about it because there's nothing to brag about it. Because when I look back at all my street fights, I'm, like, embarrassed by them. I truly am. Like, it could have been avoided if I was... If I, if I was a little more mature, but when I, but there's literally maybe only one or two instances where I feel like I'd lost. I've never been beat up before, but maybe when I look back, I go, that guy probably got me. Maybe at the time, 18, 19 year old Brian goes, I didn't lose that fight, blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe I did. You know what I mean? But, um, so I got in several fights or whatever, and, and, and the teachers and, 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 and coaches and whatnot kind of knew, um, I was like a tough guy. So in eighth grade, uh, I was at a volleyball game. I'm sitting in the stands. My buddy's girlfriend is like retrieving the balls to keep the game going at the, at the girls' volleyball game. And I said to him, I was like, yeah, those aren't the only balls you're going to be touching today. Like, you know, meaning she's going to jerk off my buddy. Hilarious joke, right? Me and my buddy are cracking up. I get a slap on the back of my neck. And I go, what the fuck? I thought it was her dad or something. Uh, I didn't think I said it that loud. I turn around. It's uh, the wrestling coach. And they also gave him like some bullshit teaching job, like how to balance your checkbook or whatever. He had some bum teaching job, but he doesn't, I mean, he was a wrestling coach. He, he also coached probably other sports, but he goes, my office tomorrow at whatever time. So I show up, this is eighth grade. I show up and I walk in and he goes, yeah, so a lot of my wrestling guys, like, you know, you know, the guys, he starts naming off the names and he goes, they say you're a pretty tough kid and you get in a lot of fights. And, and he goes, well, I don't think much of you um, until you, you put on, you know, until you come wrestle, you know, that's what makes you really tough. So I'll give you an option. Either you can join the wrestling team or you can, or you can uh, get suspended for three days. And I said, okay, what do I sign for the suspension? Like, fuck you. Like, I didn't want to wrestle. And, I, and then the same, the, the, uh, similar deal happened in high school. I was getting recruited to wrestle in high school because I had this reputation. And one of my biggest regrets now was not wrestling. I know that now because it's, such, it's the best base for, for MMA. And I was training a little bit and I had some pretty good hands in boxing and whatnot. I, I really kind of cl- uh, latched on to that. I picked that up quickly so wrestling was obviously a big weakness for me that I would love to learn. Um, but I just, I was afraid of the conditioning. I didn't want to do the cardio. I didn't want to wrestle in a little fucking singlet in front of a school or in, or in front of like chicks or whatever like that. I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? So um, it was one of my biggest regrets from high school, at least, was I probably should have wrestled. Um, so we go to senior trip and this guy who I was referring to about how my podcast sucks, he wrestled, wasn't very good. Um, he, you know, he's a, he's a bigger guy. I mean, you know, he's, he's tall and, and whatnot. Um, and we're on senior trip and, and we had a playful relationship. I had nothing against him. I still have nothing against him. I thought he was a, you know, he's kind of a weird guy, but, 
a, a nice enough guy. And I was a little boozed up on the beach. You know, we're on the beach and, you know, it's fucking a bunch of 18 year olds in Panama. Like, I mean, what the fuck else are you going to do? So um, we're on the beach or whatever like that. And he had like his whole wrestling crew with him and, and I'm drunk. And I go, hey, Mike, double leg. And I go and I double leg him, right? And I don't know how to double leg. I, I don't know what it looked like. I know I was drunk. And even if I was stone cold sober, it could happen. And this guy who's not a good wrestler, right? He's not, he's not the best on the team. He's probably not. I mean, he might be even the worst on the team. He sprawls so hard in the back of my head, hips out, pushing my head down. And I go for a sloppy double and I, I, I eat sand. My face, face plants in the sand. And I was trapped. He had, he had so much pressure and so much sprawl power on the back of my neck and, and my back. I don't know what to do. I've never wrestled a day in my life. And I was like, what just happened? Hopefully nobody saw this. And then I got up and I played off. I was drunk. I'm fucking spitting sand out a week later. I'm like, I was drunk, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But I, that was fucking what? I mean, 13 years ago. I'm 32 now. I was 18. So what I mean, do the quick math. 14 years ago, whatever. And I'm still thinking about it. It still pops in my head like, I remember when he fucking sprawled me to the ground like nobody's business. Pretty wild stuff. It was it was very interesting. So there it is. There's a little story about that. I mean, I, I feel like if the guy listens, I insulted him enough. Now I get to tell a story that not many people know that he sprawled my face into the sand and, and I ate about half a Panama Beach there. Um, all right. So 239 was this past weekend. An amazing card. We can start all over the place. We can start. There's a lot of topics here. I mean, Jorge Masvidal needs his due. John Jones, Diego Santos, I have opinions on that. We're going to top from bottom like we always do. I'm going to try not spend too much time on this because um, this is like the second time I've talked about it. And if you listen to the first one, then, you know, you're, you're probably feel like I'm repeating myself. But, you know, we're going to do what we got to do. All right. So the first fight of the night was Julia Villa versus Penny uh, Kazadi. Kazad. Um, entertaining fight, uh, Julia Villa, again, a girl who, um, I didn't know much about. I, I picked her Oh, by the way, I want to shout out, um, before I forget, I mean, th- again, this is the second time I'm doing this. So I'm a little, little, uh, r- little rusty here, but, um, Devin Tejada and I, we battled it out again, right? Uh, he, we picked at UFC 238 and he beat me by, uh, with the lock of the night and, um, and he did it again. Congratulations, Devin Tejada. Uh, you got me again, pal. I mean, what, I mean, what can I say? Uh, what can I say? I'm just a, I'm just a sad sap at this point. Little sound effects. Little sound effects. Uh, Devin, Devin edged me out four to three. Um, I'll go through the card again. I was mentioned Julia Villa. Both Devin and I had Julia Villa. She looked good. She looked uh, well-rounded. She looked, uh, you know, didn't blow me away, but I do think she has some real talent in there. I think uh, she probably could have finished in the second round. I would have liked to see a finish. I know her corner was kind of calling for that as well. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. She ended up not finishing it, but uh, it would have been a really nice little feather on her cap if she finished. So Devin and I both uh, picked on the right side of that. Um, next up was Ishmael uh, Navdi versus Chance uh, Recountry. Recount. I can't pronounce this guy's fucking last name. It's crazy. Um, Chance was an underdog, a big underdog. I like the Australian Wonder Boy. I actually missed this fight. I was picking up the pizza for me and my buddy who I was watching. Uh, he orders the fights. I get the food. And that's how we do it. Devin had Chance. He won a decision. Ishmael. Um, I haven't seen the fight yet. Uh, my buddy said it was... It, it was close, but not close enough to really, you know, it, it was maybe a little unforgettable is at least what he said. I will, I will eventually catch it one day. So I don't have super tight analysis on that since I didn't watch it. Uh, Jack Marshall versus Edmund Shabazian. 
uh, fucking steamroll by Shabazian. I mean, uh, Dev and I both had Shabazian in this fight. Uh, this was, this was, it is what it was. I mean, Shabazian looked great in the contender series, didn't look super great. And his Darian Stewart fight, he won the fight, but it was like heavy grappling. And, and I, I just think, I don't think it was his best performance. Jack Marshman, a really tough guy. Um, probably shouldn't be in the UFC if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, you know, he's kind of one trick pony a little bit. Good striker. He, I believe he was like a Welsh bare knuckle boxing champion or whatever like that. Kind of showed. Sabazian uh, boxed him up and took him down and finished him on the ground. And, and, and I don't know if it was under a minute, but right around the minute mark. It was really impressive. Shabazzian is a guy to look out for at 185. I hate, hate that he's with Edmund Tarverian, but I mean, he has produced champions before. I know it might not be like cool and hip to hate Edmund anymore. I know the fake Twitter accounts kind of slowed down, but the guy sucks. I mean, I mean, he got, he, he, he kind of ruined Ronda a little bit, in my opinion. He's like, um, you know, a lot of these cult coaches are almost like cult leaders where they get like a following and they get people very loyal to them and it's kind of it's kind of weird if I, if you think about it. Edmonds like the Charles Manson of that. He's like the Charles Manson of MMA coaches. There's a few other coaches like that as well who I don't think they yield great results, but yet they get so much talent that stays with them. It's 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 bonkers. But uh, yeah, so Devin got that. He got the underdog pick on that one. Uh, oh, excuse me, that was Shabazian. I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong thing. So we both had Shabazian. Next up, Alejandro Perez versus Yadong Song or Song Yadong, one of the greatest names in all of MMA. Devin had Perez. Um, he was just taking a shot on under. I had Song Yudong. No doubt, no question. Perez has fought some of the who's who in the UFCs. I mean, he's got like 12 fights in the UFC or something crazy. He's been around for a long time. Song Yudong looked jacked. I think he's 22, 23. The next Chinese superstar MMA uh, for male-wise. I know uh, Wuji Lee, who's fighting for the title. She's on the female side. But he looked jacked, right? Um, not sure if he's training full-time in Sacramento or if he's just coming over for his camps. But he's at Team Alpha Male, and uh, he looked good. He landed a dong shot, which you can easily, easy uh, song you dong shot uh, of a right hand and put out Perez pretty quick. And uh, it was really impressive. And, uh, you know, the kid, the future for this kid is uh, bright. Um, okay, next up you had uh, Claudia Gadela versus Random Marcos. Both Devin and I like Random Marcos and the underdog here. Thought she grappled more. She didn't. She stood up with Gadelia. This was uh, Gadelia's second or third or second or first fight with Mark Henry. She looked good. She looked patient. She looked calm. She looked in shape. Really surprised Randa Marcos. I think she really shit the bed here. I, I don't know why she didn't implement her grappling. Uh, her striking is okay. Maybe you know she didn't think she would she would get tired. But I mean, you you mauled Angela Hill by taking her down and submitting her, and your ground and pounds really good for that division. And I feel like you didn't do that nearly enough. Um, I was very disappointed in Random Marcus' fight. I think this was a Random Marcus fight that she could have won. She lost the decision. Gadelia, a girl who's always at the top of the division, very marketable, pretty, uh, exciting fighter, good striker. Um, she's got to have some problems with with some of the elite, but uh, she's calling for a Yolanda rematch again, which which is kind of funny. But uh, yeah, really disappointed in Random Marcus. Dev and I both got that underdog dong wrong. Uh, underdog dog wrong. Uh, Marlon Vera up next uh, versus Nolan Hernandez. Hernandez took this on short notice. Looked great. Devin and I both had Mar uh, Marlon Vera. Marlon Vera got the win. Um, this is one of those fights where you talk about the loser more than the winner. Nolan Hernandez took this fight on five days' notice, six days' notice. Cut the weight. Um, I mean, he's out of AKA. He's a professional. He was probably in shape. He's probably ready to go. And uh, looked great. Good boxing, good hands. Was landing some big shots on Vera. Vera stayed calm. Props to Vera for taking the fight. A lot of people don't give that guy credit or anybody the credit. Like, 
Uh, anybody can take a fight on short notice to get their crack in the UFC, but it's the veteran, the guy who has everything to lose to take the fight. And Vera's like, I want to fight. You know, Mally dropped out and, uh, uh, they need to make that fight, though. Mally versus Vera. I think uh, Vera didn't look overly wumbling good. And if they're pushing Mally, getting a guy with Vera who I don't know if he's ranked. Let's see if he's no, he's not. Oh, he's 15 or 14, right? They have him, they have him 16 here. He'll be ranked now. Um, so now he's a ranked guy. You give Mally that. I think that's a winnable fight for Sean Mally, a guy the UFC really wants to push. He's marketable. Um, yeah, so um, we both have, uh, Devin and I both have Marlon Vera. Solid performance all around, but again, Nolan Hernandez, full training camp, uh, you know, against maybe, he jumped into the deep waters. Marlon Vera is a 8, 9, maybe even 10 fight UFC vet who's got some serious wins. So, uh, Hernandez jumped into deep waters, but if, if, if you know, he, he gets a full camp against maybe someone not as highly touted as Vera, he can do really, really well. Um, next up, you had Gilbert Melendez versus Arnold Allen. He, uh, Devin had Melendez, I have Allen. Melendez, I mean, he kind of posted uh, on Instagram a really long thing thanking everybody. I, it wasn't a retirement thing. It was kind of vague. I think he's continuing to fight. I said when I was watching it live, because I'm not overly impressed with Arnold Allen, um, yeah, Gilbert Melendez stood in front of him and just took shots. And, and when he would, he would counter, it was so slow. It was, it was a really odd performance by uh, Gilbert Melendez. And uh, Taking the under money there isn't the worst bet ever. I think Devin and I discussed it on the podcast. Listen, Gilbert Melendez, former champion, all that, but coming off two years of, you know, two year steroid ban or whatever he took, his age and the fact that he's cutting down to 45, I hated all those factors. I would have bet everything on Arnold Allen. Um, I actually didn't bet this fight. I didn't love any of my matchups. I didn't want to bet all chalk and I want to take all the heavy favorites. Jan Blachowicz was the only guy I loved and he ended up winning. We'll get to him in a minute. But, uh, yeah, Arnold Allen, again, a guy, I mean, I think Gil should maybe retire. Arnold Allen, 15-1 now, 16-1 now. Um, listen, he's got to fight some top guys. I mean, Gilbert was, you know, they usually kind of do this, the UFC does. They have a young guy fight an old guy and kind of build a name off that. They've been doing that since Rich Franklin, Ken Shamrock, and Tito Ortiz and Ken Shamrock. I mean, Ken Shamrock's been, his shit's been kicked in quite a bit uh, from some of the younger guys are trying to promote that's kind of the way UFCs does it. They they give these young guys a, a bet and see how they handle it. Um, with Allen though, again, I'm not overly impressed with him. Right? I think he's good everywhere. I think Farasa Hobby's got a, a nice little talent here, but he's really got to show me something to separate him. I don't think he's got the power. I don't think he's got. I mean, he's got a good guillotine choke. Other than that, I think he's a little weak in certain areas. Um, Time will tell. I think I think he'll get a big fight next. I think a top 10 is, is for sure in his near future. Uh, then, yeah, Michael, kicking off the pay-per-view, Michael Chiesa versus Diego Sanchez. Devin had Diego, and I had Chiesa. Um, Devin probably would have never picked Diego if uh, he knew the guy that ran the Papa John's in Albuquerque was in his corner. Who was that guy? Uh, Michael Chiesa's going on every podcast talking about how in the middle of the fight he heard the guy yell, crack the coconut. Like this guy's never coached MMA before. He they, they put a video of him on, on Twitter of like pushing the heavy bag and throwing like weird like Steven Seagal type punches to it and just kind of walking on the side of it and throwing these weird elbows. Like who is this guy? Right? Diego looked out of shape. He didn't look like he's rolled for a while. Um, I didn't hate the pick at the time because I thought Kiesa's only way to win was probably grappling. Kiesa's a very good grappler. He's big. He's strong. Um, but Diego. Is, is a good scrambler and he, he doesn't get dominated in the grappling all that often. And I really thought when the scrambles came out, Diego was going to maybe win those scrambles and 
Kiesa was going to slow down. I was the complete opposite. Kiesa just big brothered him and uh, couldn't finish him because Diego's tough as nails. But uh, I think there was options on the feet that Kiesa could have maybe hurt him. But again, when you're so dominant on the ground and that's your bread and butter, you're going to take that, right? And I think there's also a little sense of pride. Uh, Kiesa maybe wanted to be the first guy to submit Diego Sanchez. I'm not really sure. But uh, Kiesa also said that Diego like gave him a oil check, shoved his thumb up his asshole. Uh, completely intentional, too. Like It wasn't like just an accident. Like Kiesa was on top of him working uh, a submission or whatever, and Diego, and I think he tweeted out a picture of it today, thumb right up his asshole. Like Kiesa's like, what the fuck is going on? Like That's some crazy shit. And I think that might be the only advice his corner gave him was, hey, if he's on top of you, because the guy knows nothing about MMA, clearly nothing about grappling. If he's on top of you, stick your finger up his asshole. It works every time. <laughs> really shocking. And I don't know how the cornerman license work, but that he got cheap corner, and I would love for them to release the audio. Um, they didn't show too much in the pay-per-view. They, they showed a little bit of them, but on like, because all the cheap corners get mic'd up. Um, I would have loved, I want that audio. I need that audio from that guy mic'd up. Someone's going to have to have it and drop it. It was, it was very bizarre. Next up, we got Luke Rockhold versus Jan Blahovich. Uh, Devin and I both had Jan and a nice little underdog kicker there. Uh, Blahovich looked good. I mean, listen, people are calling for a title shot. He's won his last five out of six. He got knocked out by Santos uh, his last time out. Pa- you know, strong, powerful guy, good chin. Um, got some decent wins. Two of five is a little thin. Um, We'll go Blahovich and we'll get to Rockhold. But Blahovich, I don't know if he's really worthy of of a title shot um, quite yet. I think Jones will be ready in December. I think Dominic Reyes maybe edges him out because Dominic Reyes is, is the more like uh, prospecty kind of guy. I think that might be too much too soon. Blahovich, I believe, has like thirty two something fights. Um, I don't know. I just I, it's weird to to really see a John Jones John Blahovich fight. I don't know if that's going to get John Jones out of bed. Um, and you know, I, I don't know, but Blahovich looked pretty well in this fight, right? He, he, he remained tough, good game plan. Listen, the only way you can beat Luke Rockhold or, or the surefire way you can beat him is, is with a left hand. You know, I thought Luke Rockhold was going to take him down. I picked Beyond because Luke Rockhold's chin is in defense or terrible. I picked Beyond on the basis that if he could stop the takedown, because I thought Luke was going to come out, fire some kicks, which he did box a little bit. And then eventually take it down because his top game is so good. Probably the best in all of MMA. He went for a takedown and he had a pretty deep double and he kind of gave it up. And then uh, Jan did a really good uh, job of uh, defending as well. But, it, you know, it's, um, yeah, you know, and then it, to talk about Rockwell a little bit. I mean, the guy's chin's gone, right? He got his jaw broken pretty bad. It was a left hook again that put him out, punches on the ground. He talks a lot of shit all week. All he was talking about was John Jones. All he was talking about was Anthony Smith couldn't make it at 85. Now he's good at 205. Tiago Santos is a former welterweight. Now he's at 205. I'm the next guy at 205. And I tell you what, John Jones and Luke, if Luke Rockhold won this fight, it would have been a John Jones-Luke Rockhold matchup. I guarantee you they would have matched him up, former champion. They got a lot of bad blood with the DC stuff. That would have happened. But Luke needed to focus on what he needs to focus on. And again, He's, ne- he's never improved, right? Um, he got called left hook, Bisping lost his title. Then he decides to go to, to Florida. He doesn't train out AK anymore. He goes down to Florida where I don't know if there's any 205ers, 185ers that are sparring with him down there, right? 
Um, I, I know Robbie Lawler's down there, but he's a welterweight. Kamar Usman's down there. He's a welterweight. Jason Jackson, there's some videos of him and Luke Rockhold sparring. Again, a welterweight. Um, you're the big dog in the gym. You're, you're getting away from sparring with the DCs and the Canes and, and, the, and the, the killers at AKA. Um, I know he still has a good relationship with AKA, but this was like the cult thing again. A lot of people kind of flock to Henry Hoof. I know he's got Kamar Usman and no knock on Henry Hoof at all. Um, I just don't know if the results are there for these guys to be flocking there. I mean, it's kind of weird that, that you know Luke Rockhold was extremely loyal to um, Henry Hoof throughout this thing. And, and I mean... I think he's got one win under Henry Hoof, Dave Branch, and he didn't look great. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of chatter about maybe him retiring and maybe, you know, it would be best if he retired. Um, I don't hate that. Um, I usually uh, hate premature people talking about retirement. We'll get that to the next fight. Um, yeah, so I don't hate it, but, it, you know, um, sorry, I was distracted. But, yeah, Luke Rockhold definitely, I think, you know, maybe – Change your game up completely. Take some time off. You know, you got options. You're a model. I bet you can compete in Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Can't talk. Brazilian jiu-jitsu and win gold medals and win, and win all the tournaments and whatnot like that in your weight class. I think you're that good. Um, and also, you're super athletic, so you can probably go do like a wakeboarding sport or whatever. Uh, fighting might not be for him anymore. That's just a hard truth. That's all it is. I lay hard truths out there. I say that's all it is. That's what this show's about. Mike Switch just named uh, this MMA podcast the hard truth. Um, next up, I mean, the star of the show, Street Jesus, Cube, aka Cuban Jesus, aka Horrid Masvidal. Five second knockout over Ben Askren. Insane. Um, that was Devin's big win. Devin, Devin shut the shut the show down with that. That's his Miami guy. That's his 305 guy. Um, he, he got his lock of the night. He's an underdog. So he got three points and he ended up taking it from me. I had been asked as my lock of the night. Um, I, I mean, listen, I've, I've liked Jorge Masvidal his entire career. He's never technically been one of my guys, but I've always sneakily root for him. I remember his UFC debut. He fought, uh, uh, Rustav Havilov, maybe I, I believe so. And he lost like a really close decision. I was at 55. I know they're like tweeting back and forth now too. And I was gutted. I was like, man, this guy, because I was talking this guy up. He did good things in Strike Force. Everywhere he's gone, he's done good things. He needed a shot in the UFC. And I'm like, man, he lost, he dropped his debut. That's not good. I remember he got wheel kicked and got dropped. And uh, he's obviously rebounded pretty well. And, and has two electric knockouts ever since moving up to 170. Knocking out my guy, Darren Till, which was heartbreaking. And then five-second knockout over Ben Ashkin, which was insane. Genius game plan. I've said it before. On Twitter, on here, in real life, people are probably sick and tired of me saying it. If you're going into a fight with a guy like Ben Askren, who's only going to grapple, right? That's the only way he's going to win is grappling. You should know that. He's going to go for takedown after takedown. You got to know going in, you're going to give up a takedown. Throw that fucking knee at least once, right? Your percent, like if Jorge Masa threw that knee and it landed and then Ben turned it into a, to a takedown, I would love that takedown. Get back to your feet. Accept that takedown and don't let it happen again. But you got to take that fucking chance because then you're a world record holder like Jorge Masvidal. Well, Jorge Masvidal now is a record holder after that flying knee. I loved him in the beginning of the fight. He came out smiling. I look at my buddy. I'm like, man, uh, my buddy had a lot, not a lot of money on Ben, but he had a lot of money in his parlay. He had Askren as well. He goes, I go, it feels like Jorge knows something that we don't. He's smiling. He's loose. He's blowing kisses. He has his hands behind his back when the fight starts and a full sprint to a knee. Like, that's some gangster-ass shit. Like, ESPN MMA, I'll give credit where credit's due. 
whoever runs the ESPN MMA account on Instagram and Twitter were killing it this weekend. They they posted that picture of Jorge before the fight with his hands behind his back. They're like the scariest thing you ever you ever want to see or something like that because he had his hands behind his back before he hit fucking Leon Edwards. Like he's he's real. And he's been around 16 years and he and he deserves all the credit he gets. He he needs to get the next title shot a thousand percent. Um regardless of what happens to Colby, I'm not a Colby guy. I know they're best friends. I like that they say they'll fight each other. But I mean, I think Jorge, uh, Cuban Jesus, Street Jesus, whatever he's going by, I think he deserves a title shot. Kamar Usman, I think they're targeting November 2nd in Madison Square Garden. I love it. I mean, you just fought for five seconds, really two seconds. You threw a knee, he was out. It took three seconds for the ref to get there. Um, Should have been a two-second knockout. Um, But he holds the world record now. And for Ben Ashkin, this is the one thing I, I typically agree I love, I've mentioned before, I love Anik and Florian podcast. I typically agree with a lot of their takes and whatnot. Um, this early, if a guy gets knocked out, he might need to retire rhetoric that a lot of people are pushing. I get it. Brain damage is, is more prevalent than ever. People know more about the brain as a guy with a brain injury. I get it. Um, you know, but Ben Askins 19 and 0, right? He's 34, going to be 35. It's never been really knocked out before. Hasn't taken a ton of damage. He's had 20 fights. Some of those fights, I don't think he's ever hit, was even hit. Um, early on in his career, I know like Jay Haran and Douglas Lima got him a little bit. But other than that, he's never really been hit. His two UFC fights, he's been fucked up. Robbie Lawler fucked him up even though he won the fight. And now he got a five-second knockout. I know it was a scary knockout. He was stiff as a board. Didn't know where he's at. Didn't wake up to the hospital. It's all scary stuff. But... To kind of push maybe he needs to retire is a little too soon, right? I think it's a little too soon. Um, there's guys out there who are getting knocked out left and right, right? I mean, Stipe Miocic, right? Got knocked out by DC. Bad. No one called for him to retire, right? DC got knocked out at 38 years old by John Jones. Brutally. No one called for him to retire. Cain Velasquez, his body's made of fucking tissue paper. No one's calling for him to really retire. Maybe there's some chatter out there, but not really. I don't think it's warranted with Ben Askren. I think you're disrespecting Ben Askren a little bit on that aspect because the guy's done so much. He's 19-0-1, has a win in the UFC, got caught with a flying knee, a tremendous flying knee from Jorge Masvidal, and the takeaway is it was so bad he maybe should retire. I don't know about that. Let him get another fight in there, and if the guy's chin's gone now, then we can talk about it, right? He didn't get knocked out by Robbie. I know it's pretty brutal. Obviously got knocked out now. It's first time ever getting knocked out. But you got guys like Alice Overham who's got like 15 knockouts. I mean, fucking Francis Ngannou sent his head to space. Still hasn't came back yet. So we're talking people need to retire. I think you need to ease up on a guy that just maybe gets knocked out. I know that's the theme now. I think that's what everyone wants to talk about is brain injury and all that. And I think it's an important topic. And I think fighters need to be more aware there needs to think, you know, things that need to happen, and maybe people need to hang it up earlier than later. But with a guy like Ben Askren, who's who's right in the middle of his maybe later prime, since he he started MMA a little bit late, I think he's kind of in his prime at the end of his prime. I think maybe two, three more years, he'll wrap it up. I don't know if you need to be really calling the retirement bug for him yet. But with that being said, Horry Mosfidel couldn't be happier. It sucks that I lost to Devin. That was his underdog. Uh, Lock of the night, so we got three points on that uh, on the little scoring system that I made up. Um, but it couldn't happen to a guy that's like cooler. I think he's marketable, he's good looking, he's funny, 
He's he's fucking gangster. There's a lot to be liked about Jorge Masvidal, and I would love to see him get a title shot in November. All right, final two fights here. Not going to spend a ton of time on Amanda Nunez. She looked great. Female GOAT. I mean, what, what can you say about Amanda Nunez that hasn't already been said? She's incredible. Holly Holmes never been finished in MMA. Knocked out. Um, excuse me. She head kicked Holly Holm and finished on the ground. I mean, no one does that. Um, Holly Holm looked a little jittery, looked a little uncomfortable in there. Amanda Nunez looked super comfortable in there, which is scary. Um, there were some reports last night, I think, that are false that um, they were going to pull Felicia Spencer from the UFC 240 card and put Amanda Nunez Cyborg on there. Um, and uh, Dana and a couple other journalists have shot that down and said, nope. Felicia Spencer, Felicia Spencer, excuse me, I believe she tweeted out like, nope, and I'm coming for Cyborg unless she's scared or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, so that's not going to happen, but I think that's a fight they're going to want. I think Cyborg's got maybe one or two fights left on her UFC contract. Then she wants to go, you know, fucking box or something. So it makes sense for her and Nunez to fight because we'll know, we'll know this week in the Sacramento who's Nunez going to fight at 135 because right now, besides Cyborg, the only other matchup that makes sense is if Shevchenko goes up to 35. But she's so much bigger than Sevchenko. So, I mean, who knows? There's a lot of options. But Amanda Nunez to go. Maybe even one of, not just take female male out of that. Maybe one of the best fighters of all time. She's so good. I mean, she is that good. Main event time. Um, fucking Errol Hawani went on his high horse and was like, if you booed this fight, you're about, listen, I booed the fight, you know, and well, John Jones won, right? Technically. I booed the fight because. John Jones was fighting a guy that we now know tore his ACL, PCL, MCL, and meniscus. He was hobbled from the first round on. And you're the greatest of all time. And you couldn't take him out. And then to be happy about it, to be like smiley, you want a split decision over a guy who's been knocked out at welterweight, he's been knocked out at middleweight and submitted at middleweight, and you couldn't get it done? Come on. On one leg? He had one leg, man. I mean, if you, I know Dana is trying to spin it. That's what they do. There's spin cycles. He's a promoter. He's trying to, John Jones is a huge investment, a huge asset. You can't come up and be like, I think John Jones lost that fight. When you goddamn know good and well, the rematch ain't going to happen until a year later. I scored it for Santos. I had Santos winning one and five. Jones winning three and four. The second round could have been a swing round. I had Santos winning. John Jones did nothing. I want you to tell me what he did. He threw a couple fancy spinning kicks. He went for one takedown. He threw a head kick that was blocked and Santos fell because of his knee. He, I don't know how many punches he landed, probably like 10. Worked the legs pretty well. Had some decent kicks. Worked the bodies pretty well. Santos blitzed a couple times and landed good shots on Jones. And the only thing Jones did was come forward. And Santos was playing that cage game, kind of like the Rashad fight. Jones just kept coming forward. But he did nothing. He didn't do anything. I was so disappointed. Like I said on the Pick'em podcast, he has to finish for me to be, because the Anthony Smith fight was kind of a dud too. You got to finish a guy who's been finished. If you're the greatest of all time, what are we talking about? Thoroughly disappointed in that fight. Um, I thought the fight was entertaining, but I was frustrated because it's like, what is John Jones doing? He's doing nothing. He's walking forward. That's it. So it's just it's just one of those things where I had John Jones uh, on my Instagram right now. I believe I put new podcast, John, John, John Jones Lost. A little bit of a 
clickbaity thing, but I do think he lost. I had, I had three rounds of two. A lot of people I respect in the MMA community who score fights, they had it a draw, a majority draw. A lot of people had Santos up. A lot of people had Jones up. I don't know if it was a clear robbery, but I think as fans of John Jones's, I think we got robbed of a guy who um, isn't that killer anymore. Now, is that because of USADA? Because Devin texted me, and, and he's pretty fired up. He thinks John Jones is the same guy from USADA. Hasn't had a finish since he's been clean. And I pointed out, well, he finished Gustafson, and he said, well, that's because they had to move it from Vegas to California because of the picograms. So the picogram theory's back in there. Those picograms really helping him. I know Gustafson kind of was a beaten fighter before he stepped in there. He had a toy groin. He retired a couple months later after his loss to Anthony Smith. So who knows really where his mind was at for that fight. Um, Anthony Smith, there's no excuse. I think he should have finished that fight. And I definitely think he should have finished a one-legged Tiago Santos. So the question can be had, is he the same fighter now that he's clean? And I'm talking steroids and drugs. I, I mean, there's rumors that he's still out there partying and drinking, but I don't know if he's blowing coke. I mean, Coke John Jones was fucking entertaining. He's a killer. He went in there not that well-trained. He's hiding under cages at Jackson so he doesn't get tested. But he was fucking laying dudes out, and he was submitting guys, and he looked fucking damn good doing it. So a question has to be had is, is John Jones the same since USADA? A lot of the evidence points to no. I don't look. I don't like how his attitude is after the fight too. I don't. He was saying, "Hey, listen, he hits hard, guys. He everything he does is hard." Well, they all hit hard, bud. They, you know, everyone cracks. Like, I, I don't understand it. It, it, it. You know, is he is he playing up to his competition? Maybe he thinks he can just beat these guys. I don't know what he's doing. I think he could have taken that fight down and finished on the ground. I think he could have finished maybe on the feet. Um, he didn't take advantage of it. There was lack of aggression there, and and it was. Uh, severely disappointing for me. So that was UFC 239. Um, Devin again won. I went 93 on my picks, which is pretty good. That's back-to-back cards now where I've I got at least uh, nine wins. I think it's almost maybe six cards in a row. I've predicted an underdog winner as well. That was Jan Blahovich. Um, I think that's the only underdog I got. Devin got the uh, Jorge underdog. We both got the Blah- uh, Blahovich underdog. Um Let's see. I don't think I missed on any underdogs besides Jorge and Chance. I missed on Chance as well. Damn it. If I knew how to pronounce his last name, man, we fucking, maybe I'd pick him every once in a while, but I'm afraid to say his goddamn last name. All right. So the USC press conference, the little summer press conference for all the upcoming fights was on Friday before the weigh-ins. And uh, just some notes from that is, is, is he out of Sonya? Guy's a star. I mean, the guy was so good. Robert Whitaker froze. He's been sending shots to Izzy on other things. And then when Izzy confronted him, he goes, I don't think I've been talking that much shit. That was a terrible Robert Whitaker. Don't don't at me. Um, but Izzy just came at him, man. That's 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 one of my most anticipated. I, I think the mo- most anticipated fights, I think Khabib Poirier is maybe one, one A, and Izzy Whitaker's one B. I loved every fight on the stage, though. I think all those fights are tremendous fights. It was kind of a smaller thing. I know they some they have done some bigger things in the past, but I I love that fight. I hope it's in Australia. I hope it's uh, it has to be in Australia. Fuck it, throw it in New Zealand. Robert Whitaker's from New Zealand, just lives and trains in Australia. Izzy from Nigeria lives and trains in New Zealand. Throw it in New Zealand. I love it. New Zealand looks gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous country. It looks amazing. 
But I'm super excited for that fight. Whitaker, I think, kind of shit the bed. Izzy, I mean, he's a fucking star. Um, early predictions for that fight. Got to go with my guy, Adesanya. I think Adesanya's going to win that fight um, with striking. I think Whitaker's chin's got... Those wars with Romero are going to catch up to him. His body kind of breaks down a little bit. He does get injured a lot. I see his chin giving up pretty easily in that fight as well. I think is a little too tricky. Uh, Rob's good. Rob's strong. He's powerful. I think he might even go for some takedowns. Um, and he's going to obviously go from takedowns, Mitch in with some punches. When he's in close, he's got some heavy hands, uh, heavier than you would expect. But uh, his chin is good. I wouldn't say he's chinny, but he has been knocked out before by kind of a long, uh, sneaky striker in Stephen Thompson at 170. And I think Adesanya is, is similar to that where he's really good. He's going to hit you. You know, there's no doubt about that. So we're looking for that fight. Um, and a little breaking news here. And I said this in my last podcast. So if you listen to the full thing, this won't be that big of a surprise to you. But I think I like Khabib. Ah, I've never said that out loud before. I, you know, as a Connor guy, as a Connor stand and a fan, I don't think I can like Khabib because of all the bad blood. But he's the back-to-back press conference with Dustin. He's been a star. He's been great. He's as real as they come. He got in an altercation with Nate Diaz in the audience or whatever. Nate walked by him. They had some words. That's like the second or third time they've they've gotten into it with each other. They got into another one either at like a World Series of Fighting or an early UFC fighter, maybe in a Bellator. I'm not really sure. But those guys don't like each other. Khabib's as real as they come. I, you know, um, if you listen to the... Um, the podcast I did where we, we did the live reactions, we watched the fights, Austin, I, and Steve, um, I was pretty hot with the Khabib stuff, you know, jumping over the cage, you know, blah, blah, I love Connor, but, and, and if Connor could be rematch, I'm going with Connor. That's my guy, but I think I like Khabib, guys. You know, him and Poirier, that's why I, I'm so excited for that fight. I've always counted out Poirier. Um, the guy's tough as nails. I'm really interested to in see, because he's got great jiu-jitsu. He's got a great darts choke. He's got a great... Armbar, he's got a great top game. I'm really interested to see how he's going to deal with Khabib because Khabib's a puzzle a lot of people can't fucking figure out. So early predictions is Khabib, I think, is going to win. I think he'll just maul Dustin and probably win a decision. I don't see him finishing him. Dustin's too tough. Um, but I'm really interested in that fight. That's going to be an entertaining fight because American top team's hot right now. And uh, Dustin isn't currently in training camp right now. And you know they're bringing in guys. And I think King Mo's down there now. So, now, so they're really bringing in guys. And Dustin Poirier, he's got decent wrestling himself. So it'd be interesting to see. Then, um, Deepay, um, Deepay, DC Deepay. Another fight I'm looking forward to. Um, Deepay's not great on the mic, right? Uh, he, he trips on Twitter a little bit. Um, he has some backs and forth on Twitter, but when he gets a mic in front of his face, he's not a trash talker. I just don't know if that comes to his nature. I've seen him in vlogs, uh, embeddeds and whatnot of him. Like he's a jokester. Like he likes to laugh and he busts balls, but I guess like put on the spot. I mean, DC could talk circles around him, So maybe he knows not to even entertain that thought. I'm not really sure. Um, I thought there were some chances of him to really kind of come at DC there. Like he did on Twitter. I thought he made some great points on Twitter. That could be his manager saying that for all I know. I don't know. Might not even be him tweeting that. Um, I thought Stipe kind of left a lot to, to be desired on the trash talking end. DC didn't get a ton of questions. Um, seems kind of very confident. Just thinks he'll beat, he has Stipe's number. Um, he'll do what he does. I mean, I'm sure the game plan is going to be a lot like the last fight. And if you watch the last fight, Stipe was doing pretty well. He's just missing a lot. 
Um, he looked a little slow. His boxing looked good, but Stipe's defense has never been great. Um, you know, catching that right hook off the clinch like that, I mean, that's what, that's what DC does. He's great at that stuff, but uh, Stipe has got to be uh, aware of it. But I'm looking forward to that. August 17th, Anaheim, that's going to be amazing. Uh, early predictions, I'm telling you what, if I'm being honest with you, I'm leaning towards Stipe. I like Stipe. I think Stipe is going to put a little more together. I do think Daniel Cormier's size at heavyweight is going to finally be at a disadvantage. He's not that big. Um, uh, you know, I think he's perfect at 205, I think, at, at heavyweight, even though he fights better at heavyweight because um, he's not cutting weight. I do think he's a little too oopaloopy. He's a little too wide, a little too, you know, thick in the midsection. For me, personally, um, I know he's undefeated at heavyweight, but I just think... Stipe is going to have a good fight for him. I, I would love to see the odds. I'm sure there's early odds out. I haven't looked at them. But uh, I, I like the early prediction is Stipe. Um, come fight week, come fight pick week or whatever. I could change my mind. But I'm definitely like 60-40 Stipe right now. And the fight that no one's talking about is, is Holloway-Edgar. Listen, I was excited when this fight was announced last year. And then, Edgar, and then Holloway had to pull out. Then I think, yeah, Holloway had to pull out. Then Edgar took a fight with Ortega. And then everything kind of changed. Um, I feel like it's been so long since I've seen Frank Yeager. I know a lot of people are upset that Volkanovski got got picked over. Um, uh, you know, Edgar got leapfrog Volkanovski. Volkanovski is dealing, dealing with that blood infection or whatever he had. Um, 100% deserves it. Volkanovski deserves to, deserves to uh, fight for the title or whatnot. Um, he'll get winner, though. I mean, sit this one out, you get winner. You're guaranteed to get winner. Uh, Frankie Edgar, though, is kind of a good warm-up because Volkanovski is, is a little more powerful Frankie Edgar, but they fight very similar. I've always wanted to see how Max does against a real, true fucking chain wrestler, grappler, because his takedown offense has been suspect in the past. Um, I know Dustin Poirier went for a few takedowns in their fight. Max stuffed them, but he also gave some up. Um, I'm interested to see this fight. Mac, they both put a lot of pressure on. Max is tall and lanky and doesn't stop punching Frankie Edgar. Cuts a lot of angles and mixes striking with his takedowns really well. They both been preparing for each other for over a year now, so it's gonna be a really high level fight. The card's not stacked, um, so I, I can see why a lot of people are maybe uh, missing this fight or not talking about it enough. But uh, I'll be watching. I'll be excited to watch it. I think that's a great main event for uh, for the 145 pound title. All right, a couple of things here. Um, John Lineker was released from the UFC, and uh, a lot of people obviously were upset about it um dana white a lot of people think dana white you know just cuts people willy-nilly i don't think dana white had anything to do with the decision i think it kind of probably got brought to his attention and he probably gave the go-ahead because he trusts his team he did an interview and said that lineker just wasn't being professional bottom line he's just not a professional he's not being a professional with my guys with my matchmakers he complained about not getting matched up. Then he takes a short notice fight, gets a cut, pulls out. Um, obviously, the UFC doesn't like that. I know Lineker can't control getting cut or whatnot, but um, that's going to rub the UFC the wrong way every time. So I don't hate it. I get it. He's already signed to 1FC. Um, I don't think it's a huge loss for 135 pounds because I think we've seen the best of what Lineker can do. Lost to TJ Dillashaw, just lost to Corey Sanhagen. Uh, I mean, he's going to get a couple wins here and there, but I mean, he's never really going to be top three, top five guy fighting for a title every other month. You know, I just don't see that happening with him. So maybe a, a good release if he was a difficult guy to deal with. We don't know behind the scenes. A lot of people like to jump on Dana's ass uh, about a lot of stuff, but you know, I mean, this one, I don't really think uh, is all that big of a deal. And then uh, two final things here before we wrap up. My boy, 
my guy, Chris Curtis, is fighting tomorrow night. ESPN2, ESPN Plus, he's the main event. He weighed in today. They made weight. It's official. Um, he's fighting the former, or not the former, the current 170-pound winner last year. I don't know if they have belts here, but he, this guy, he's fighting the Russian Magadev, Magomedov or something like that. I can't. It's He's got like two first names. It's literally like Magan and Magadev. Um, this cat is, is, is talented, right? He's, he's, he's a good fighter. I've, I've watched a lot of film on him. Uh, Chris and I chatted, you know, obviously he was supposed to come on, uh, some personal stuff got in his way. So he couldn't, I didn't want to bother him because he's got the biggest fight of his life coming up. So hopefully it, hopefully he'll call in after, uh, you know, getting some victory. Hopefully he'll call in. Uh, I don't know what that was. That, that, that wasn't a full sentence, but, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an entertaining fight. It's going to be good. Chris and I talked. We wanted Ray Cooper. And yes, it's a we. Um, and we didn't get Ray Cooper, right? Um, you know, Ray Cooper and this the, the Russian. I'm going to call him the Russian because I don't want to butcher his name too much. They fought last year in the finals. Ray Cooper lost by submission. Ray Cooper's kind of the guy that they're kind of, you know, they're putting a lot of stakes into. He's got a big fan base, got a big, I mean, I think half the crowd's his fucking family. Um, you know, and he's an, he's an action-packed fighter. He's, you know, he's, he's powerful. He's pretty well-rounded, has a lot of wins. Um, that's a really, that's a fight Chris would have won. But, you know, they want to match up, you know, in the playoffs, Magomed and Ray. They're going to keep those guys away from each other. Hopefully they make the finals again. Um, so they're giving Chris, this is Chris the hardest matchup. You know, this is almost like, I would say, uh, Chris would be if it was if it was comparing it to NCAA when they entered the tournament. Since Chris is fairly unknown to the PFL community and he's got a lot of fights, got a lot of wins, he'd probably be like a maybe like a five seed going against a stack number one seed uh, in in the Russian. And we talked about it, and and it was funny before this was announced. I just said, man, I hope they don't give you the Russian like t- tongue and cheeky. He goes, I know that dude's fucking good, and they give him the Russian, and and he completely. 180 and I was like, oh, well, now it's time to eat. Now it's time. And I love that. I love that spirit about him. Um, I haven't talked to him about this. I haven't bothered him since, you know, the day we were going to do the podcast. But the keys to victory, you know, I've, I watched a lot of tape on this kid. Um, he, he comes out heavy, right? Strong. Good grappler. Good submissions. Chris lacks a little bit of takedown offense. That's been kind of, that's plagued him a little bit when he was on the Bellator show. He just got taken down. He had a dominant first round and he just got out grappled. This guy's going to take you down. He's going to be heavy on top. He's going to look for submissions. He's going to look for TKOs. Chris has only been finished, I think, one time in his career. That was by Tom Galicchio by submission. That was many, many moons ago, over over eight years ago. So Chris is a different fighter. Magomed comes off strong. He's, he's, he's kind of getting comfortable striking. He th- he's a long guy. He's a long for, for 170. He throws heavy shots. And his heavy shots set up his takedowns. Chris is hard to hit. Chris has great boxing. But Chris is also a slow starter. He wears on you. He's not going to be a first-round knockout guy. Not that he can't, but he's not going to be that guy. He's going to come out, and he's going to fucking piece you up with punches. And over time, he's going to wear you down and, and TKO. That's just the overwhelmingness of Chris. His boxing is that good. That's literally the blueprint to beat this guy. Is let this guy, it's going to be hell for that first round. Second round is going to be a little rough. Third round, though. You're going to start working the body. You're going to start stuffing his takedowns. You're going to start boxing him up. He's going to start getting tired. Fourth round, same thing. Fifth round, same thing. Um, I see I see Chris stopping him late in maybe the fourth round, fifth round. I see this the, the Russian gassing a little bit. But it's going to be hell for those first two rounds. And uh, that's on tomorrow night. So go 
support my guy Chris. He's uh, saved my life. I've told that story numbers numerous times, so um, I owe him uh, uh, a lot. But uh, uh, yeah, so ESPN Plus or, ES- or ESPN Two tomorrow. Chris fights the Russian, and uh, I'm nervous. I'm already nervous, right? I, I had a, a little sandwich for dinner. And I didn't have a big dinner tonight, and talking about this fight, I'm, I'm cramping up a little bit, cramping up a little bit because uh, it makes me a little nervous. Big Chug, best Gatorade ever, by the way. Sorry. We'll end up on, uh, we'll recap the Contender Series, but it's hard to find. Gatorade Fierce, the Fierce brand, right? They got Fierce Blue, which is dog shit. You know, it's fucking troll piss. Fierce Blue, Fierce Grape, which I do like, and Fierce Melon. The melon is the best Gatorade flavor in the world. At me, right? Huh? You want to debate it? You want to say Frost? You want to say that white one that tastes like cherry? At me. Melon. Fierce Melon, baby. All right, so the Contender Series, so last podcast, I blindly picked, and I honest to God don't remember who I picked to win, so we're just going to recap it, though. Um, it, it was a pretty good t- Contender Series, if I'm, if I'm being honest with you. It wasn't, um, it, you know, it was the best week so far, so uh, let me find it here. So Dana took everybody, right? Dana took all of them, and... Um, here we go. Grading the winners. MMA Junkie, grading the winners. Who wrote this piece? Who wrote this hit piece? Dan Tom. Your name's really Dan Tom? <laughs> Why is that so funny to me? The guy's name's Dan Tom. Dan Tom MMA on Twitter. I'm just going to follow him because, fuck, I mean, I don't, I don't know who this is, but Dan Tom on Twitter. Okay, so he's grading the... Uh, he's grading the... I'm going to have different grades than this guy, I guarantee it. So Jonathan Pierce kicked the night off against Rosales. He gave him an A. I give Jonathan Pierce a C. Um, both these guys were wild. Both these guys, they're exciting. But I don't think either of them are ready for the UFC. I think I think this was, what, a lightweight fight? Yeah. You give these guys in the lightweight division, I don't care who you give them. You give them a one or two UFC vet, and they're getting smoked. Um, neither of these, I mean, Rosales obviously got lost by TKO in round three. Jonathan Pierce, a lot of people like this guy, kicked off the card right. Exciting dudes, got an interesting story about, you know, getting beat to death or whatever the fuck. He's not UFC ready. I'm sorry to say it, right? I would have, if I was Dana White, I would have looked at this fight and be like, I want to see a little more of this kid. Like, like kind of like a Greg Hardy. He's eight and three, he's 11 fights in. Get him a fight on CSS, CES, get him a fight on Titan. Um, this thing, hold on. Sorry, mic's all weird. Give him a fight on Titan. Get this guy a, one more fight, then invite him back either Contender Series or the UFC. Um, I wouldn't give him an A. Sorry, Dan Tom. This guy's not an A. I'm giving him a C. So we're going to steal this guy's bit here. And, uh, oh, God, it's like you got to click multiple pages. They're just going to get fucking 10 clicks on me. Okay. Next up was Maki Potolo. He fought Justin Sumter, who fought in the UFC uh, contender series, excuse me, before he got TKO by Ian Hines last time. Maki, a guy who shouldn't be at middleweight. I'm glad Dana said that in when he picked him. This guy gave him an A. I give him uh, a C minus. Um, maybe a C plus, but I'm going to go C minus. Um, you know, he, he, he Justin, they came out kind of wild. Justin Sumpster's a guy who, 
um, really was looking. I'm going to give him a C plus. I changed my mind because Justin Sumter was a guy looking to um, really get revenge on what happened to him last year. He thinks he's the better fighter from that. He's a big boy at 85, and Maki is not that big of a kid. Uh, definitely, he's already said he's going to 170. Uh, Sumter came out a little hot, and uh, Maki took it and then beat him to the body. I think Justin Sumter maybe beat himself, though, so I can't get on board with Maki just yet. I think his boxing looked okay. Um, I want to see more of him. I don't know how you can watch that fight and give him an A uh, without seeing his all-around game. I've seen highlights of this kid. I've, I've watched stuff of him. It was a quick finish. I understand that. He works some good body stuff. He's got decent boxing, um, aggressive. Um, but at 170, which is right now the hottest division, there's some killers down there. I, I don't know how this kid's going to do. I really don't. So giving him an A, Dan Tom, is, is a little steep for me. A little steep. He's a C plus. I changed it to a C plus because he clearly needs to fight at one, um, 170 and he won at 185 against a dude who's a legit 85er. So next up, Hunter Zor who beat Christian Okun by unanimous decision. Now, this is the guy, I tweeted this out. I'm most impressed by him. Dan's, Dan uh, Tom gave him a B plus. I give this kid an A. Um, I tell you what, I think he fought the toughest kid. Uh, Chris, Christian Okun was the toughest guy in the show. He was 4-0, very, very talented. Dana White even said that when he was breaking down the fights. Hunter Zor, good wrestler, good striker, tough as it come. Didn't give up much position. This was a really tough fight. He dominated every aspect of this. Christian O'Korn had a, a couple, uh, Okun, sorry, I'm mispronouncing your word, had a couple moments in the fight, but I think Hunter really showed that he can really compete at, in the UFC. 7-0 and now, 6-0, and whatever it is. I like him in this Bantamweight division. I think his style matches up well with anybody. Good grappler, good submissions. He was going for the finish. He was going for the strikes, uh, finish on the feet. Needs to clean up his defense a little bit, but he's he's the only A. Spoiler, he's the only A I got. I thought he looked the best. I would, didn't think he was going to get the contract because he didn't finish, um, but he did. Dana White loved loved what he saw, and I'm glad this kid got the contract because I'm telling you, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be something at uh, at 135 eventually. I think he's gonna be a really interesting guy to uh, look out for. Uh, Antonio Chicali beat uh, Kenneth Berg by submission, neck cranks. Uh, Round one, he got an A by Dan Tom. I'm going to give this guy a B minus. He broke his foot, or it would have been a C. Um, I think his grappling's pretty good. I looked at his record. Decent wins. I think he's a little one-dimensional at light heavyweight. They need talent, though. So I think you know, if he would have went out there and sneezed and the other dude would have fell over, he probably would have got a contract because they need they, 205 is booming right now and they need more talent. Um, hopefully this kid doesn't drop down. He doesn't look like the biggest 205 or he is pretty tall and lean though. So hopefully he does stay at 205. But, uh, again, not overly impressed. A B minus for me. Um, Kenneth Berg, a guy, I believe this is a second shot, uh, ultimate fighter maybe or something like that. I think we talked about it, but, uh, tatted head to toe covered in tattoos, big, strong guy, good grappling himself and just, uh, couldn't hang with your who nasty break on his foot. And I don't know if it was a break, but it was a hematoma. It was pretty gross. Um, it makes sense. He got picked again. Um, think he's a little one dimensional. I don't love his entire game quite yet. Not sure his age. Um, but, uh, you know, good submission kid and, and excited to see him in the UFC. I mean, I, I can understand why he got picked. I would I wouldn't ignore him either, but uh, yeah, he's not an A Dan Tom. He's, he's, he's a, he's a B minus. And then the, the main event, um, the pre, uh, the featured fight, I guess. I wouldn't call it a main event. Joe Selecki versus Jesse Wallace. 
Um, Jesse Wallace was a kid that I've heard about. I believe he went to AKA uh, recently. And uh, Joe Selecki is my Wilmington guy. Um, um, Joe Selecki, again, good grappler, decent striking. Um, I think uh, Wallace was a little outmatched in this fight. I don't know if he's ready for a guy like Selecki yet. Selecki had really good position on him and, and has some really killer chokes. I give this kid a B plus. I don't think he's an A quite yet. Although I think he did fight a really good, like Jesse Wallace, there's an argument that could be made that he's UFC ready. They both have good records, but Selecki kind of um, bigger, stronger, um, and just kind of better everywhere. So that got him a fight. Um, not overly impressed quite yet. I'm telling you, Hunter Zer was the only guy that I was like, okay, this dude, this dude's ready. This dude's going to do some fucking things. So, but the best contender series thus far uh, of the season, I guess you want to call it. Um, so that's the show. I'm not going to record it again. Um, I'm praying to God that the audio is good. If it's not, I will probably quit. No, I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. But uh, yeah, so that's the show. It was a fun show. I mean, I, I feel like I maybe had more energy last time. I've been doing a lot. It's hot. I don't, you know, I went and got that thing. It's just fucking, it's just hot. All right. So, you guys, thank you for listening. If you listened to the first one, thank you. If you listened to the first one and this one, DM me. Say, I listened to both, bro. I'll send you a shirt. I don't know what shirt. I'll, the shirt off my back. I don't care. Um, thank you for being a fan. And we'll have the... Uh, the Pick'em Podcast up on Friday. I have kind of made my picks, not fully yet, but kind of. Um, I, I, I like some, I like certain guys, and, and, and I don't like certain guys. That's just what I'm going to leave it at that. So I'm going to hit you with the intro music. Remember, follow me on MMA Takes, at MMA Takes on Instagram. Whoa, whoa, I messed that up. At MMA Takes on Twitter. I'm more active on Twitter, trying to get the Instagram thing down. And then at MMA Takes.com on Twitter or Instagram. Fuck, I butchered that. A real deal podcaster would have edited that out and redid it. That ain't me. I'll talk to you guys Friday. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. Okay. He will rock you. He will roll you. Baby, don't you know? My heat will move your soul. repeat that again feel 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 my heat feel my heat yeah it's definitely cool let's lay it down nick you want to lay it down we rolling on the rehearsal